Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Old New York Podcast. It's your host, your host with the most. Come on, baby. It's Steve. How are you? I hope you're well. I hope your work week was well. It's fucking Saturday, man. I'm kicking my feet up. I ain't doing jack shit. I ain't doing a goddamn thing. Hanging out, having a great time. I hope you're just as well as I am. Uh, Man, I've just been working. and I had a guest for this week and times didn't work out. So he's going to come on next week. He or she or they. Who knows? I'm going to leave you fucking guessing a little bit. Leave you on your toes. But we're just going to kick it. We're just going to freestyle it today. We're going to hang out, just talk shit. Uh, I, I haven't had an incredibly uh, incredibly unique week, but I've had a good week, man. I've just been working. I'm at, I'm at the point in my life where I need a new car. Everybody gets there, whether it's you know your first car and it's dying and it's on its last fucking legs and you just need something new or you're at the point where you just need a new upgrade from whatever the fuck you got or you're changing your lease out but i I need my i need a new truck my thing's falling apart dude i got a little shit box i love it i love it to death and it's a little colorado it's a chevy colorado and it's like these older colorados like not the ones now they're kind of beefed up now and they, they look all right but the older colorados are just like a little butter stick they're just a little fucking rectangle coffin that you drive in everywhere and it's a nice car and it, it's worked for a long time. But now I put in so much money into the car, like the, the amount of money that we bought the truck for initially, I've now put in like half of that into repairs and shit and I'm done. I don't want to put another fucking cent into it. I, I'm, I can't. And now, you know, I go to the shop, uh, this auto shop on the West side, bunch of good dudes. Uh, I did work for them with a separate construction company. That's Frank's auto express. Check them out corner in Northampton and North Fillmore and uh, on the west side of Buffalo. Great dudes. Bunch of fucking maniacs though. Like seriously, they're, and I mean this in the most respectful way, they're a bunch of immigrants and they're, they're really nice people. It's owned by a guy named Frank. This is a free ad read. I didn't even have a fucking ad read set up for this week or this episode in particular. And now I'm just, I'm shouting them out because I fucking love Frank so much. They're great dudes. Uh, but it's owned by this dude, Frank with this incredibly difficult Islamic or like, I, I think it's Yemen. I forget, don't take my word on that, but incredibly long last name. Uh, but Frank's a fucking great dude. Grew up in Yonkers, New York, and he just came here and started his own shop. And he hires immigrants, and that's great. I, I'm I'm here for it, okay? It's fine. They can come here. They, I'm not one of them people. It's like, you know, get them off the fucking buses. I'm not one of them people. If you come here and work, God bless you. I don't really give a fuck about your existence. But, like, he hires a bunch of... um. How can I put this? They're not crackheads because they don't do crack, but they're just very high energy, high output, if you will. And like when you can't understand what somebody's saying and they can't understand what you're saying half the time, like they got, they're good. They have solid English, but like, you know, half the sentence they say is kind of like it drops off very substantially on like how their English is. And they do great work though. And I love them. And I went there and I was talking to one dude and he's like, and I was asking him because my brakes are wearing down and I wasn't sure if it was pads or if it was a whole system. I don't do cars. I'm not a mechanic. I work with wood. I can cut wood really well. I'm a carpenter. I don't do the auto mechanic bullshit. Never have. I, I might, but at this moment, I'm not going to learn how to do all that to fix my brakes. And I asked him, I'm like, what, what are we looking at here? Can you just give me an idea? 
on how much I'm going to pay. He's like, oh, you need the whole system, man. You need the whole fucking shebang. And I'm like, no, I don't trust your word. I think you want my money, you sick bastard. But they, they actually do really, like the numbers that he gave me, if I went to a shop in like West Seneca or East Aurora or Orchard Park, they'd probably, you know, pay me or make me pay upwards to a grand for the work that I believe needs done. But I mean, they, they changed my oil and they rotated my tires and they did that for like a hundred bucks. I was like, okay, that's not terrible. I'll, I'll take that. That's fine. Sort of. I wish it was a little bit cheaper, but now I'm going to knock them down because I fucking shouted them out here. Say so you son of a bitch. I, I gave you free marketing. Give me your money now, please. They, they're, they're great people. I really, I, I enjoy Frank's. They're, they're a bunch of good dudes and they're hardworking and they do very quick work. Like they'll have like, They'll have like five or six cars in the lot and just fucking take care of every single one of them within like hour and a half, two hours. Because I, I was working there and I worked there and I, I put up a fence for them people. I went, the old fencing company I was working for. And that shit was a fucking joke. I mean, when you're working on the west side, like when you dig a fence, you're digging through dirt. And you're in somebody's backyard and they're like, oh, I got a new little Pomeranian. So I need to make sure he doesn't get out when I let him outside in the winter. And, you know, I need this wood fence put up. And it's super simple. You dig through the dirt and you put the post in, you set the post and you build the fence. And it's all really quick and painless for the most part. But when you're working in the city or going through any kind of concrete, it is such a fucking hassle. Because with the city of Buffalo, what 100% of people just don't know because 100% 100% of people aren't digging fucking holes all day like I was. They just like put shit underground in the city of Buffalo. Like where I was working on the corner of North uh, Northampton and North Fillmore, it's all concrete. And it's like a fucking probably a two, three foot wide layer of just, it's like a dance floor all around this fucking street of just concrete, like a foot under the ground. It's just this. Thick, fuck, you need a jackhammer, gotta be in it. All fucking day, dude. All day. I lost hearing in my right ear from this job because I was in a fucking hole without any ear protection. Just just fucking wailing away all day. There was one hole that took us three days to dig. Three whole days. We showed up, we did nothing else that day. We all just took turns with a fucking jackhammer. The shit took forever. But with that time that I was at this fence and doing it, I was at the shop for upwards to like a month, two months, maybe even three. I think it, no, nah, I think it was two. And I was there for a while. So I saw how they work and they're fucking quick. They are efficient. They do a great job. They got young guys. They got some older gentlemen that are, are very, uh, calculated with their work, if you will. Um, but I, I love the work they did. And they got this dude named Manny. Manny is a fucking riot. I love Manny to death he's this little he's a fucking cartoon character i swear to god he's this little fucking mexican dude probably like five eight just like you what's going on man and he like speaks half english it's fucking hilarious and like he's a weird little fucker too because you'll be like digging a hole or like you know i'm jackhammering boom, 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 i'm doing this shit and like as i stop jackhammering he'll just be like behind me and he'll go hey man and i'm just scared the shit out of you and just like he'll like bark at you or fucking like meow at you and do some weird shit. And dude, it's funny as hell. But every day I would show up at the shop, I'd see Manny out back. I said, Manny, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, what's going on, man? I'm just hanging out. You wanna, you wanna pop? And they got, dude, I fucking love the west side of Buffalo too. Cause they got like little fucking stores 
and you can just pop in there and get like three sodas in in the can like you or sodas excuse me three pops why the fuck would i say sodas i'm i just pinched myself i deserve that i'm from buffalo it's pop god damn it you can go in there and get three pops uh in cans you know refrigerated all that shit you can get three pops and like seven bags of chips for like three bucks and i i remember this kid fucking manny he comes up to us. He's like, "You want any? You want any drinks, man? You want any, are you thirsty? You need anything?" And we're like, "Fuck yeah! I'll take a, I'll take a crush or whatever the fuck we asked for." He came back with like three each for each of us, and we're like, "Bro, you did not need to buy three pops for all of us." He's like, "They're fucking twenty five cents, man. Take them." And I'm like, "All right, word." And I, I, I went in this little fucking store, and they got everything. They sell weed under the counter. They, they got a bunch of shit everywhere in Westside Buffalo sells weed. Like you just gotta find the right dudes. Like there was this one guy and he works and I don't even know if he works there, but he would just hang out on the corner of uh North Fillmore and he would just chill there all fucking day and everybody would honk at him. They'd be like, What's up, mommy? What up? Just driving by him. Everybody fucking knew this dude. I'm like, that guy sells killer weed. Like there's no way that there ain't something being sold under the counter at that corner. You know, like, this dude's got some shit. Everybody fucking knew him. Like, legitimately every person, every kid, it's right next to a school, every kid that walked by knew this fucking dude. And he was really nice. He was a good dude. Gave me a hot dog once. He was cooking hot dogs. I'm like, fuck yeah. I'll take a hot dog. Why not? And a fucking great guy. Respect the shit out of him. He makes, he's got, it's weird too, because he had these hot dogs that, like, weren't normal hot dogs. I don't know what the fuck they were. They were just different. They just tasted better. They were just, I don't like saying that another man's hot dog tasted better, but it did. <laughs> Ironically, it really did. They were great hot dogs. And I forgot to ask him before I left that job, what kind of hot dogs those were. And I kind of regret that. I should go back there and figure that out. But that whole like job was a fucking blast. Like it was shit going on every day. I mean, cause I'm like, from the suburbs i ran around south buffalo but like i'm a burbs kid okay and i like going to the hood i fucking love that shit dude like i like it because it's weird because it gets a bad rep um especially where i'm from where is just like a bunch of old people that come here to live and die like and just like you know settle down here that's like what my town is so you get a lot of old-fashioned mindsets and when that's with white people, that basically just means they're racist and they're extremely racist. And you get like this bad idea in your head of like the ghetto, the hood. But the ghetto is the best fucking place to be. Everybody struggles together. Everybody's walking around. There's life like in my town, you get in your car, you go to work. If you want to go to the gym, you get in the car, go to gym, go back, make food, go to sleep. You, you don't even have to like walk outside at all. Unless you're walking in and out of your job and in and out of the gym. That's how most people live their lives. But like when you go into these poor areas, you see people walking around, taking their bikes, you know, giving their friends a ride all the time. That shit just doesn't happen near me. And I like that sense of community. And people in the ghetto are so fucking happy. Like they can have the worst shit going on, but they just find a way to be happy. At least. Let me just say, at least in the areas that I've been in, because there's definitely places where it's a lot worse. Um, but I, I fucking love going to the ghetto. It's great. And I, I, dude, black people love me. 
I don't know what it is, but I, I connect with every race. I ain't one, I'm not like a, well, I'm not a racist or a bigot. You know, I, I don't give a fuck. I'll talk to you no matter who you are. But if you do some weird shit, I'll stay the fuck away too. Like there was a fair amount of weird shit going on in that neighborhood. Like crackheads walking around, bunch of weird fucking people. And like, there was a school down the street, like literally like a couple houses down from where I was working and the bus stop was right there. So all these kids would flood out like two, three o'clock and I'd work till five. So I'd see them all come to the fucking bus stop and we'd have to like, you know, put caution tape around the site. So nobody would walk through. They still walk through these badass little fucking kids. They still walked right through where there's jackhammers, there's concrete flying, bunch of shit. And, and they were a fucking reckless dude. And on, in the in the tough parts of the city of Buffalo, they got what's called uh, the peacemakers, and it's just you know adults. They put on uh, like a yellow vest has peacemakers on it, and they keep the peace, make sure nobody starts fighting, no guns come out, no fucking knives, whatever. So these peacemakers would come out about a half hour before these kids would come to uh, to the bus stop, and they would just make sure everybody gets on the bus good, and you know nothing goes down. But the one day these kids, they, uh, they started like fake fighting. Like they were just like, you know, throwing, they were like slap box and just fucking around. And you know, the, the, the peacemakers realize that and they're just laughing. Like I'm, I'm fucking watching them. I'm laughing. The kid I'm working with laughing. Like they're just fucking around. But then they really started piecing each other up. And for like, for about a minute and a half, the peacemakers were just fucking eating it up, dude. They were just laughing. And these kids were really fucking each other up. And then they had to break it up. And it was a whole thing. They were like in the middle of the street, stopping traffic. That That's when you know you got a good fight. Like I've seen a fair amount of fights in my time. You know, you got a really good fight when like it stops other people's way of living. Like when you're in the middle of the street, just fucking molly whopping some broad, you got her by the fucking hair and, and the other chicks beating the shit out of her. And they're just in the middle of the road. And there's people honking, like, get the fuck out of the way. That's how you know you've got a great fight. Like, that should be pay-per-view. Dana White should be on this. Where the fuck is Joe Rogan? We need a fucking after-fight interview. It's all There should be a belt handed out for them kind of fights. And it, it should go from state to state. It should be nationwide. And whoever has the most, you know, disrupting of the way of other people's lives brawl should get that fucking belt. Maybe I'll start that. Maybe that's something I could do for this podcast. You know, I just, I tell people to fight and I'll give them a fucking old WWE ECW fucking hardcore belt. That'd be dope. Dude, I've been watching old WWE lately and that shit is fucking intense. I love the old WWE. And if you were one of them kids that was like, you knew it was fake before everybody else did. And you deprived yourself of the fucking greatness you could have saw. And you're like, I don't want that. That's fake. You're a fucking idiot. And you should change your goddamn ways and realize that these dudes are fucking athletes. These are bodybuilders built of like 250, 300 pounds of just sheer muscle throwing each like they're throwing each other off of a 20 foot cage that they broke out of because the one dude tackled the guy through the fucking cage to get out. They climbed on top for whatever fucking reason and they took each other and threw each other off the fucking cage through a table. And then you got Jim Ross like, oh my God, just screaming and yelling with his fucking cowboy hat. This was 
the greatest thing to ever be on television, folks. And if you deprived yourself of this greatness, I would appreciate if you would get Peacock, which is the best streaming service out there, no diggity, and go and watch some of the old WWE. I was watching Mankind versus Undertaker on the fucking Hell in the Cell. Dude. And he just fucking, he picks his fucking mankind up, his little fucking dude in a weird mask, and he just chucks him off the fucking cage, and he just falls through a table, and it's fucking electric. It's awesome. Like, there's a lot of good matches like that. Like, in any kid from my generation would obviously know the Hardy brothers. Jeff and Matt Hardy went Hardy, man. They were tough. When I tell you that Jeff Hardy fought Rob Van Dam, or had a match with Rob Van Dam, and it, both of these guys, they're basically like, they're high flyers. And, and what I mean by that is they get on the top rope and they, you know, they jump off. They're like uh, Rob Van Dam's got the fucking uh, the frog splash, and this dude will get on the top rope and just fucking belly flop onto some dude's abdomen. Just and you know, as a kid, I went nuts. Rob Van Dam was one of my favorites. I swear to God, Rob Van Dam was easily probably top three for me. Dude was a dog. But there was a match that he had, and Jeff Hardy was like the king of the fucking ladder match. So ladder matches is like if you, if you've never watched wrestling because you're an idiot and you need to go watch it. Basically, they would put like a belt at the top, uh, like suspended down from the fucking ring, and you'd have to climb the ladder, get on the top of the ladder, and go and get the fucking belt. And whoever grabbed the belt and unhooked it first won. And that that was the object of the match. Usually, you got to get pinned or whatever. So these matches would go on for a while. So and the thing with these ladder matches is like. A dude like Jeff Hardy would get up to the top. He'd, you know, fuck up. We're just going to say Rob Van Dam. He'd fuck him up, beat his ass, throw him out, throw him out of the ring. He's like, this is my fucking chance. He'd grab a ladder. He'd put the ladder in the middle of the ring. He'd climb up and he'd start fidgeting with the belt. And the belt's like three fucking buttons. Like it's not, it shouldn't have taken this long to get the belt off. But he would take like fucking 10 minutes. Like, I can't get this fucking belt. And perfectly of every time that's enough time an ample amount of time for the guy who got knocked out to get back up regain consciousness walk into the ring and shove the other dude off the fucking ladder whether that was climbing up the ladder and then beating the shit out of each other like something out of the fucking coliseum on top of the ladder boom 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 just beating the shit out of each other throwing him off or just kicking the bottom of the ladder out and having this dude drop and fall on his neck from fucking 20 feet in the air. And it was awesome every time. You knew it was going to happen every time. And it made it better. Like, this is like the first time that I understood something was going to happen. I didn't need to see anything else. We could have called it right when the dude got fucking knocked down and the guy starts setting up the ladder. And it was still just as good as any other time I'd seen it. Like, ladder matches were the shit back in the day. And like, old WWE is way better than new WWE. Or I should say uh, WWF, because that shit was a that was hardcore. Like, and and the the people in the WWF at the time were fucking hardcore. And this is when they do crazy shit. Like, they would wrap like barbed wire around a fucking baseball bat and beat the shit out of each other. Or they would like they would lay out thumbtacks and just fucking 
drop people on the thumbtacks. And, ooh, and it, like, you can't fake that. You just can't fake that. And that's where I regain my appreciation for this shit. When I'm like, you know, these dudes are jumping off of a cell. That's like, I went to the county fair once and jumped onto an airbag from 20 feet. And I knew I was going to be fine, but I was still scared shitless. Imagine jumping onto just concrete pavement through a fucking table also. And you're like, yeah, I'm going to do this. We're going to go through with it because fuck it. I guess this is what the people want. Psychos. Absolutely. And it, back in like the 90s, these guys were like drugged up psychos. Like you watch the, the untold stories about the WWE back then. These guys were fucking maniacs. And now I've been seeing Ric Flair has just been on a fuck ton of podcasts lately. And I've watched every single one of them. And this dude's got crazy stories. Like, yo, the old WWF was tough. And tough spelled T-U-F-F. Like, tough. Like Duff Beer from The Simpsons. Like, that shit was fucking awesome. And I'm not ashamed to say it, but the dude who got me into wrestling was fucking Chris Jericho. Which I now realize is, like, the bitchiest wrestler to, like, be a fucking fan of. But I saw him on, like, I saw him on, like, SmackDown. No, I think it was Raw. It was, like, Monday Night Raw. Dude comes out with, like, a fucking t-shirt can. To poof, 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 just shooting out t-shirts. And some dude ended up coming out trying to fight him. He fucked him up. I'm like, yeah, Chris Jericho, Boston Crab, just, uh, just grabbing his fucking legs and sitting on his back. That shit was awesome. If you were a fan of John Cena, too, go fuck yourself. Like, if anybody, like, that's, like, saying your favorite player in like 2008 was Tom Brady in the NFL like fuck you like we know he's good okay no need to suck his cock anymore the guy he's like the angel of death for some fucking make-a-wish kids you're that Shane Gillis joke that's true if you are dying and you see John Cena come in the room and you're under the age of 12 get the fuck up out of there and enjoy your last couple days because it's coming it's coming extremely soon and you're not gonna be ready for it but here the fuck we are that man, and he does a lot of, a lot of movies now. Like I think he's just a, just an actor at this point. I don't even think he does WWE anymore, which is like an end of a fucking era. My God, and like there was a a couple of dudes that really branched out into movies. Like obviously The Rock did that, Batista. Batista was a fucking nutcase, dude. Batista was awesome. He just grabbed the ropes and start jiggling the fucking ropes. Going crazy, yelling and screaming. Actually, the one night I, I was with, uh, I was with my buddies Josh and Ryan. Josh was on the last episode of this. Check it out. Um, and uh, we were down in Cleveland. We were watching a Cavs game, and we got back. You know, we, we stayed on there for the weekend. The game was like Sunday night. I can't remember. Whatever. Um, and we, we went down, and basically we had nothing to watch. But Josh had Peacock, so we, we put it in his shit, and we started watching. You know, like old stories about old wrestlers and we watched one on Goldberg. Goldberg was this like linebacker of a fucking wrestler. Like you, you know how you catch a mouse with traps. Okay, this dude had trap muscles that fucking rode up his neck. This guy was a maniac and he won like a 100 and something matches in a row. And like every time he got in, in the ring, you knew he was going to win. But dude, we watched that entire thing. Goldberg was awesome. He was just this bald head, goatee, fucking just spear right through you and tackle you, kick your ass. I think he was in, I think he was in the longest yard. Now that I, I think I just put that together. I think he was on the guards team. 
I might be wrong in saying that. I don't fucking know. He may have been. But Goldberg was the shit. And if you're going to start watching any wrestling, watch Goldberg. Watch fucking Undertaker. That dude had me scared shitless. And actually, there was a guy. I forget his name now. He kind of came around when I, I started to like decline my liking of wrestling. But it was this weird dude. He was like a little fucking devil man. He like he, I don't even think he talked or like did promos. But he would eat worms like in the ring. He would just grab a fucking handful of worms and just, just start eating them like a goddamn grizzly bear. And it was awesome. But as like a young kid, that shit was terrifying. He would come out, all the lights would go red. The wrestler in the ring was talking shits like, oh, now I gotta back this the fuck up. He's scared. And then this dude just comes crawling out and just eats some fucking worms and parasites and just fucking maniac, dude. And at that, I forget his name. I wish I'd remember it. I want to watch one of his matches. I'm about to do that after this. I'm going to watch a fucking WWE match because I got a fucking day off, baby. And I'm going to do nothing. I don't know about you, but like, if you got shit you got to do on your day off, like I always do, and I get it done, but then I sit on my ass. I don't do anything else. I do nothing. My goal is to do nothing. If I have shit to do, I'm upset about it, and I don't want to, and I try to get it over as fast as possible because I work hard, man. I work really hard. Now I'm, I'm picking up more work because I, I got to get a truck. I, I need to you know, amp the, amp the pace up with my money, with my cash intake, and I've been painting like construction I've, I've been doing the last bit of painting and and now i'm working in this apartment building which is a shit show it is a fucking mess this job was supposed to be done in september and it's now september 30th okay this job is a fucking joke and it's probably gonna go till november there's people now that you know bought out these apartments and they listed them because they thought it was going to be done and they've just been stuffing them in fucking different hotels and these people are getting sick of it. Like at the top of this last week, uh, there there was a person I was like, "Fuck you! I'm moving in on Friday. It better be ready." So I'm like, yesterday I had to go finish up the last couple things. I walk into this room uh, to do something on the door frame, and I just see a fucking dog is staring at me. This little like Shih Tzu, and I'm like, "Who who brought a dog to a construction site?" And this dude just walks out of his room. Just like drinking a Heineken. I'm like, oh, you live here? He's like, yeah, I just moved in. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I had to finish something. He's like, it's fine. You know, this is what I I kind of told them I was going to do. I was going to move into a construction site. I'm like, you are a fucking weirdo. And I, I left there. That was a weird situation. But now there's a bunch of people like that. They've now moved in. They got another lady moving in this Tuesday. And they got uh, a couple moving in two weeks from now. So, yeah, it's fucking shit show. But I, I love my job because I'm the last bit now. Cause like I've done construction and I've done, I've never done electrician work or being a plumber, but I've done general construction and, you know, siding a house and putting, you know, the roofing on a house and doing soffit and putting doors and windows in. I've done all that shit and I built fences. And what I've found through those experiences is that I'm good at being told what to do. Like if they say, hey, you got five tasks today. Get them all done before the end of the day. I say, fuck yeah. And I get them all done. And I'm a very good worker. I do as I'm told and I leave. That's how it is. If you ever want to get in to the trades and you're thinking about it, it's super simple. Go in. It's the two S's. It's show up and shut up. 
Okay, show up, listen to what they tell you to do, do it exactly the way they tell you. Because if they, even if it's wrong, if you know that you're supposed to do something a certain way and they go, do it like this, do it exactly that way. And if it's wrong, and you know, the guy who owns the house is like, hey, you put this window in wrong. Be like, oh, he told me to. And then he gets all the fucking guff. If you do it on your own regard and you do something that isn't really by the book, it's your fault. But if you do it exactly the way that your boss told you, there's no, there's no problem for you. You don't have to deal with shit. And then you go home and you still make your money. So you show up, do exactly what they tell you to do, the exact way they tell you how to do it. And shut up. Just do your work. That's the thing with like every job I've had. There's like this, except for this job to this point, which I love. Um, but the, the, there's a certain level that people have to hit with like drama. Like that, there's always got to be some noise in the air about how this person's a fucking retard or this person's an idiot or, you know, I hate him. He should just go fuck himself. Like every single job I've worked construction wise, even, even the jobs I work in construction, there's got to be that level of just dirty little shit talk that goes amongst the workers. And I fucking can't stand it. I go to work, I do as I'm told and I leave and other people like I'm nice to everyone. So people want to bring this guff to me and they want to tell me about it. I don't give a fuck. Leave me alone. I just want to paint my room and leave. Fuck you. Get away from me. But this company, thankfully, has not done that to this point. God bless, dude. I am so sick of the worker drama shit. And if you've worked for more than a month, you understand where the fuck I'm coming from with this. It's outstanding. Or outstanding. It's, it's outstandingly annoying. How about that? That works better. Fuck work drama. Just go and do your shit. And I do. And I, I work with this dude. His name's Chuck. Real nice guy. Big dude. Uh, he's a, he's a little kooky. He's a little, little snap case of a human being. I, I, I like Chuck though. I, Chuck always comes in and he like, he's fucking a bit of an alcoholic, just a bit like, like a, like a left arm, like pitch of an alcoholic, like, eh, like you know, like three feet's worth of a pitch alcoholic. Like he comes in, he's like, I didn't fucking drink enough last night. And, like, I love Chuck, too, and he's a great dude. And, like, we come in, we bullshit, we have a good time, we leave. But, like, I can't understand what the fuck he's saying half the time. Like, he's like that dude um, from Waterboy. The guy who's like, he's got, like, no teeth in his mouth. That's how Chuck talks. Like, I can't fucking understand a word that he says. Like, one of the first days I worked with him, he told me to do something. I said, all right. I didn't really understand him, so I started doing what I thought he told me to do. And he comes back, he's like, no, I told you to fucking give me a glass. And I'm like, oh, okay. All right. I think I understood this time. And I started doing another task that I thought that he was telling me to do. He's like, are you fucking idiot or something? And I'm like, what are you saying, Chuck? I, I think I know what you're telling me, but I don't understand a fucking word you're saying. He's like, yeah, I had that effect on people. I'm like, you fucking idiot. I love you. You maniac. He's a, he's a really good dude, and he's a great like project manager boss to this point. Uh, but sometimes I just can't understand what that motherfucker says. Uh, but when I do, shit goes well, and we just get our get our work done, and we go home, and and uh, yeah, we have a great fucking time. And I like this job too because there's a bunch of people working on it. Like we're not it's not just the painting companies. There there's electricians walking everywhere, plumbers, there's drywallers, there's a bunch of shit going down. And uh, I've I've made a lot of friends. 
okay. I've had a lot of new friends, a lot of cool people. That's a misconception with construction workers, too, is that all construction workers are assholes. There's a fair amount that are assholes. But, like, there's a, like, a 95% of them are great dudes, come in, show up, shut up, do their shit. They're fun to talk to, and, and then you go home, and then see them the next time. But there's, a like, 5% that are just, like, toxic, little annoying pieces of shit. And this job, they're all fucking cool people. Like, I love working with cool people and just talking shit throughout the day and, and getting it done. And, like, when I worked as a salesman right before this, I worked as a salesman for three months. And my sense of humor doesn't work in a setting where you're supposed to, um, how should I put this? Not necessarily, it. How how would I put this? Not necessarily impress people. But you're you're supposed to be your best version of yourself. You want to make the company look good. I'm good at being by myself with another dude and being said, you know, oh, you guys got to build a fence today and just build the fence. And that's all we got to worry about. Like, I don't like, you know, the whole having to be super nice and, oh, my name's Steve. Nice to meet you. Like, I like saying fucked up stuff and, and saying pretty raunchy jokes. And that's just the way that I am. So I found with working sales, even though I was really good at it, it's not necessarily the environment I like. I love being back on a construction site. It's awesome. And if you, if you've like, I had a friend who I worked sales with and he wants to get out of it. And I said, why don't you just come work a day with me and just see how it is? He's like, I don't really know if I'd be good at it. I'm like, you know, when you're told to do a task. The person, if you don't understand, you just say you don't understand or you've never done it before. The person that's telling you to do the task will show you how to do it and then just do it the same way. It's really simple. And like, it's way better than sitting around and having to watch your mouth the whole time and watch your words. And I can't fucking do that. I've got zero filter, absolutely zero filter. And I'm fine with it. I wouldn't want to be any other way, but that, that very much limits me in things that, uh, it limits me in jobs that I should take advantage of because I, I I got pretty loose lips and I say some messed up shit. But these guys don't care and we have a good time. And like now there's so many people that uh, with these big construction sites, you need to have outhouses cause you, or uh, uh, porta potties because you can't have people pissing everywhere. You know, it's fucking nasty. These people are going to move in at some point. And just smells like human piss. And you know, the, there's six of them. There's six porta potties at this job, and they get cleaned on Monday. And I found this one porta potty. Here's a porta potty hack. There's three porta potties, right? Go to the middle one. Go to the middle one. Everybody wants to go to the outside and have that assurance that you're only next to one person. Fuck that. Go to the middle. Nobody ever goes in the middle. Okay. Nobody has the balls. You've got the balls or the the uterus to go in the middle. Go in the middle. It's way cleaner. It's less used. It's great. But what I found at this site, there's there's six porta potties, so they're set off. One set of three is on one side of the site. One set of three is on the other. I found this one set, and it's a set of three. And the middle one, because you know when you go into a porta potty and you flick the little lock, and it goes from the green hand like, come on in, come on, it's open, and then it flicks to the red, and it's got a hand saying, stop, somebody's pooping in here. Do not come in. This one's broken. And it always says that it's red. It always says that somebody's in there. 
And I, I realized this. And I was walking by first couple weeks. I was there. I was like, that, that porta potty gets blown up. That's fucking weird. So one day I need to go to the bathroom, walk outside, and I see all three of them are red. But I just, I was like, you know, that one's always red. So I open it up. Ladies and gentlemen, these, these porta potties get washed on Monday. Okay. This was a Friday. I walk in. This is the most pristine porta potty I've ever seen in my entire fucking life. It smelled good. There wasn't a speck of shit anywhere. I could look down into the toilet and see my reflection. It was beautiful. Oh, it was angelic. It was like the El Dorado of fucking porta potties. And I told no one. Nobody will know it's my dirty little secret. It's my it's my clean little secret. Nobody will know about Steve's porta potty, okay? I go into this porta potty like it gets cleaned on Monday. I went in there Wednesday this week. Nobody fucking touched it. I go in there, it's my little shit castle. And sometimes I'll sit in there for like a half hour because people will be like outside of the porta potties, like talking about things like project managers talk about things that need to be done. I wait for them to leave. Like this is a secret that I've kept and I will not let anybody know. I'm like, maybe I should, you know, let, let Chuck know, you know, because he's my coworker that, you know, that, that'd be nice. You know, I'd, you know, gain trust with him. Like, Hey man, I found something, but no, I don't, I don't want to see what comes out of Chuck's asshole. I don't, uh, I, I feel like it would be scarring for a young boy's mind like my own. Uh, so I keep it to myself. I got my little fucking porta potty and it's awesome. It's awesome. I go in there, it's only my shit. And like the weird thing about porta potties is you walk in, you smell a porta potty, it's fucking rancid. Like it's terrible, obviously, because millions of, especially if you're at like a concert and you got to take a shit, God bless you. You're going to gain like four or five different diseases that all start with the letter H if you sit on that fucking thing without any toilet paper, you know, fucking laid down on it. But, like, it smells so, like, it's unexplainable. It doesn't even smell like shit. It smells like, it smells like a mountain of shit that you've been climbing for a week and you've had to, like, camp on. So you haven't been able to shower. There's been no rain. And you're just, like, covered in shit. And you're still climbing on shit all day and smelling it. Like, that's what a porta potty smells like. A used. But, like, when it's just your own shit, it's weird. It's like. I know there's poop in here. Okay? I know. And, like, I don't like the smell of my own shit. doesn't smell good. No shit smells good. But when I walk in there, there's no smell. It's, like, really... I don't know how to fucking explain it. Like, there's absolutely no smell at all. And I don't know if it's because I'm nose-blind my own shit. Like, it's really weird. I don't understand it. I don't know if it's something with the human mind. Like, I actually, I just, I, I saw this thing where, um, and I mean, we've all been there, okay? And I, I'll say it because people are a little scared, too. We've all let out a toot, let out, exasperated a fight that we just kind of liked a little bit. Like, you, you've been there, okay? It might not be every time. It's not every time for me. But there's been once or twice where I'm like, not bad. Not bad. Like, good work proud of myself give myself a tap on the ass good job good fart you know and you just kind of enjoy it a little bit 
But then like a minute later, you think about it, you're like, that was a good fart. Why did I like that? That's kind of weird. I don't like myself because I like that. Like I, I, I dislike how that went. And I actually saw this, this article and it was, I saw it on TikTok and this chick was talking about it. And then I ended up going and looking at the article because it was interesting, but it's actually because when you fart, your body recognizes, like when you smell your own fart, it recognizes that you just released like gas from your body. And that's a good thing because you know, you don't want to entrap gas in yourself. That could lead to bunch of different shit like it said in the article i don't fucking know what it's actually going to lead to i ain't a doctor um but yeah it, your body realizes that that's a good thing for your body it's like oh oh not bad okay good you know i'm happy that we're regulated down south now and yeah that's fucking weird but that's why you like your own farts sometimes and if you don't stop lying it's okay like it's okay to go on and and say things and talk about stuff and, and and be honest with people and tell stories, but it's not cool to lie. We all know that every person that's listening to this has had a fart that they just enjoyed a little bit. Like it's not like a <clears throat> fuck yeah, but like a like a not bad. Didn't mind it. Didn't mind that one. That one was okay. So it's not okay to lie. All right. Let's just be honest. It's just you and me. This is intimate. Okay. We're just talking here and I'm just, I'm, and you might be working. I might just be a little voice in your ear right now, uh, telling you that you should like the smell of your own farts every now and then. And you should listen to this voice. It's a good voice to listen to. Uh, and in fucking other news, one of my, my favorite shows ever, I, I'm going to say it's my, my third favorite show ever, but my, my first favorite sitcom is that 70s show. Uh, I grew up watching it just like the reruns and it would just pop up and I'd be like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'll watch that 70s show. Why not? You know, Jackie's cute. I'll, I'll, I'll go with this. And basically I wanted to watch it again because I, I realized as a kid that I watched it. I liked the characters. It was a fun dynamic. Tommy Chong was there for some reason, but I wanted to watch it all the way through. I'm talking to my girlfriend. I'm like, you, you want to watch that 70s show with me? She's like, fuck yeah. I'm like, all right. Right on. So again, on Peacock, the shit, Peacock is the bee's knees. We go on uh, Peacock and we start rewatching it. And I, like, I've always seen it and I understood like the base of the show, but I never knew like the story behind it. My God, is there so many twists and turns in the story? It's so good. Every second of that show is so fucking good. And it, it adds on because I get a, I get a double up. Because I can uh, really anger my girlfriend watching this because she's got she's got this absurd crush on Matt Rife, um, and I know if you're a female that's listening to this and you heard Matt Rife's name, I know your pussy's wet. All right, we don't have to talk about him. We love Matt Rife. I like Matt Rife. He's a great comedian. Saw him live. Fantastic show. I've seen several comedians, and I think I've said it here a couple of times, but I'm I'm a stand up comedy fan. I listen to. Every new special that comes out, I love the podcast. I've always been a comedy fan. Um, and this dude, Matt Rife, comes around and, like, I knew who he was and I always saw the crowd work. And he's a good-looking dude. I'm like, all right, word. You know, he's just another guy in the game. And at one point, I'm telling my girlfriend, I'm like, you know, I want to go to more shows this year. I, I want to get out uh, to the club a little bit more and, and go see some more comics, some new comics, some people just from Buffalo. She's like, all right, so I you know how about you look at some shows? I look at some shows, I send them to her. She's like, yeah, none of these really 
pop off the page at me. I really don't want to see any of these people. I'm like, that's fine. And, uh, and then one day we were working out and I was doing preacher curls. Okay. I was doing preacher curls and I'm fucking, I'm at like my seventh rep and I'm really getting there. And I start going to failure at the end. And, um, and she's sitting behind me and she goes, uh, I think there's one comedian I would like to see. I fucking dropped the weight, stop my set, drop the weight, look at her. I go, it's Matt Rife, ain't it? And she goes, oh my God, how did you know? How did I know? The guy's a fucking hunk, dude. He is a fucking great God of a human being. He looks great. He's a handsome guy. He's funny as shit. His crowd works great. He gets bitches to take off their bras and give it to him. People bring cookies for him. Like he's a good looking dude. And he's, and he's a pretty good comic to my knowledge. I'm like, all right, that's fine. And you can have your little crush on Matt Rife. But when we're watching that 70s show and Jackie Burkhart comes on, Mila Kunis was my, was my crush growing up. Like kids of my age, it was like, oh, Ariana Grande, Selena Gomez. Mila Kunis was like number one for me. So now watching that 70s show, I can get back at her. Cause like she, she would say that Matt Rife's cute and that's fine. I'm like, all right, whatever. But then there was one day that she sent me a clip and like the thing with Matt Rife too, is he does on his TikTok, you'll just see like crowd work of him just fucking with the crowd and, and chicks talking to him and all that kind of stuff. And as a, as a comic comedy fan, I kind of yearn to see their material. Like I, I appreciate the art form of stand-up comedy and being able to form a joke and, you know, I look at guys like Norm MacDonald or Mitch Hedberg or Richard Jenny and, and these these fucking legends of comedy who are just absolute geniuses in the art form. And I appreciate that. So when I see Matt Reif and it's just some dude who looks good, dresses nice, and, you know, it is okay talking to women too, and these chicks come on, they're like, I made you cookies. I made you cookies. I didn't put any ricin in it. I just want you to eat them because I want you to fuck me. I'm just like, all right, how much skill does this guy legitimately have? Because I, I doubt that. And when you, all you see is crowd work, it's one, you know, this one little itty bitty sample size of his work. So we ended up getting tickets with some of our friends. Uh, and we went to a show in Ontario. We watched him on his first tour. And... I'll say it now, out of all the comics I've seen, and I mean, I've seen Shane Gillis, I've seen Tim Dillon, I've seen some some solid fucking comedians in the game right now. He had the best hour out of any of them to this point. The best live performance that I've seen, I'm not saying he's the best comic I've ever heard, because he's 1,000% not, uh, but he's incredibly, uh, how would I put it? He, he's primed on stage. He knows everything he's going to do. He's, his mic etiquette is incredible. He knows how to use the microphone and, and uh, not necessarily fuck with the microphone, but, you know, put it over here and sound like he's far away or like, you know, tapping the microphone. And, and he does the little things really good. And I, I really liked his hour. And I have a new respect for Matt Reif. And I wouldn't like follow him because she's always like, oh, he's so fucking cute. And now I followed him. All right. I'm on the bandwagon. I like me some Matt Rife. Uh, but when we went to the show, like I, I try to 
make sure, especially when I'm watching something live, whether it's comedy or it's music or, you know, just anything and you're watching it live, you know how they get the big screen and you can see because he's really far away, you can see what his facial expressions look like and you can see an up close shot of him. I try to tell myself and tell Kenzie to not look at the screen. We're here for the show. We're here to watch this guy on stage. We paid money for it. Let's take it in. Like, let's do what people of old would. Because when you're looking at the screen, you're just looking at TikTok. You're looking at the same angles you see on TikTok every fucking day. So there's no reason that you spend your money. So I, I, I get into the show. I'm like, hey, I know, I know that you would uh, fuck his face off. But can we just watch him on stage? She's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We can do that. And as the show's going on, she's just staring at that fucking screen. She's just locked in on that chiseled jawline and then fucking biceps. And she's just fucking watching. And uh, I get it. It's fine. But I'm fine with her doing that. I don't have any problem with that. Like, I know why he bought tickets to the show. And he was funny, to be fair. Uh, But there was one day, weeks after this, she sent me a clip of him. Um, She sent me a clip of him just, you know, doing crowd work or whatever. And she just sent, like, UG, he's so fucking cute. Like, all caps, a couple of exclamation points. And I'm like, all right, I'm done being respectful. So every time I watch that 70s show, or every now and then, when I just, when I, when I just want to fucking taste some blood in the air, I'm just like, you know what? Mila Kunis is a fucking dime piece. She is gorgeous and it pisses her off i'm like i hope this irks you as much as you watching matt rife every day fucking irks me and we just like get back at each other and it's 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 a fun dynamic uh but roundabout way of saying i like me lacunas in that 70 show i do uh and matt rife's pretty cool he's a great comic um but anyways that 70 show it it's such a good show like the the actual storyline of it and when you watch it, it's so goofy. And like, as a kid who grew up smoking weed all the time, there's situations in the show where you're just like, I've been there. I have been in that exact moment. You don't even have to smoke weed. You could just be a teenager and just watch the show and be like, I have been in this moment four to five times in my life. And they depicted it perfectly, exactly how it went for me. And I love it for that reason. I love the characters. The characters are fantastic in that show. All the acting is great. I mean, it's a huge lineup. Uh, And it's a shame that guys like Toffer Grace, who is um, Eric Foreman in the show, didn't really do much that I've seen, at least. He may have done more than I know of uh, in just, like, show business. He didn't do many other huge gigs after this. And I thought he was great in this show. Uh, the same thing with Donna Pinciotti. I don't know if she's done much, but I, I liked her in that 70s show. I thought she was a good actress. And then, then you look at like Mila Kunis, Ashton Kutcher, they fucking went all the way with it. You know, dude, where's my car? Two and a half men. Mila Kunis was in Ted. Ted's a great movie. I fucking love Ted. Uh, but you know, it's just a great cast and they really work together. They, they work off each other. Great. And I just fucking love that show. And I finished it recently. We we finished it. And um, it was sad. Like, you ever watch a show and, like, you're heavy-hearted while watching the last episode? You're like, I could fucking, I think I might cry a little bit. Like, I'm kind of mad that this this first journey's over. Like, the first time I watched Breaking Bad, 
broke me because when you just see, ah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give up the ending to breaking bad, but that last scene. And it's just that overshot. If you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. You're just looking down. It's just like, wow, it's over. And, and that happens with your first time watching the show. But then you can watch that same show, Breaking Bad, back and be like, I know exactly what's going to happen. It's sad. Whatever. Show's over again. Let's try it for a third time. You know, like I, that first run of a show is so emotional when it comes to certain shows. Like it, it just hits you in the right spot. It hits your heartstrings a little bit. And that, that 70s show got me there. I just, I grew up watching it and now I finally know the story. I know how it ends. So happy. And what I'll say too is my favorite characters in the show are easily Kitty and Red, who are the, the parents of Eric Foreman. Um, don't get it wrong. Don't get it wrong. They're the best characters. Every single kid character could be, you know, kind of branch. Like, I would constantly ask uh, Kenzie while we're watching the show. Be like, who is your favorite character? And she's like, I got no clue. Like, I like them all equally, but I really like the parents. I'm like, I'm the same fucking way. Like, when Tommy Chong comes along, rhyming accidentally, uh, when Tommy Chong comes in, he's a great add-on to that show. And, like, he's probably my favorite character along with the parents. Uh, but they, they just all work off each other so good. And, like, I don't know. I just, I, I'm already sad that it's gone. Like, I know it's gone. I know I don't have anything to look forward to. Like, that's the weird thing. When you when you watch TV and you get into a show that you really fucking like. Like, for me, my top three, Breaking Bad, That 70s Show, and Ozark. If you haven't watched Ozark on Netflix, go watch it. Just like Breaking Bad. Great story. Uh, I would even put up that it almost has better characters than Breaking Bad, but that's up for debate. I don't really know if that's true. Uh, but shows like that, when you watch them, it, it's like a fucking experience. And it just makes you happy uh, knowing that you're going to go home and sit down and watch a couple episodes. Like, I've been late to work for Ozark. I've been late to work. I have uh, left work early to come home and watch it. Uh, the, you know, when a show does that to you, you get in you know, indebted to it and you feel like you need to watch it. And that's what that 70 show did to me. And when, when it ended, I, I was really heartbroken. So I looked at Kenzie. I'm like, Hey, you know, we should watch that 90 show. And that 90 show is just that 70 show. Uh, but it's like they're kids and I've seen it before, but now that I've, uh, that's actually what got me back on my that 70s show like kick. Like I watched that and I'm like, oh, you know, we should just fucking get Peacock and watch it through. And we're like, yeah, and we did. And now that we ended it, I'm like, well, you know, maybe we should just keep the continuity up while it's fresh in our minds and just watch that 90s show. Cause now we need something. Because when you when you watch a show like that and you're done, you're you're kind of lost. You're like, I don't really know where to fucking go from here now. So uh we, we start watching that 90s show and it's it's incredibly worse than that 70s show it's not bad i like it i think the characters are okay but i think it's uh it, it tries really 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 hard to be its counterpart in that 70s show and it just doesn't live up to it at all characters don't uh the, the, the storyline doesn't like in that 70s show when they'd get high 
and uh, the, the parents would be like, Eric, come upstairs. And they'd start talking to Eric and he'd be looking at him. The background would just kind of like be shifting around because he's stoned. You know, and when they want to show that he's high or out of his element and he'd just be like, whoa, and just staring at him. But in that 90s show, they did the same thing, but they made it look like Kitty and Red Foreman were like monkeys in a video game. And they made it like animated. And I'm like, that's not how they did it in the original show. And I get you want to be different, but I'd like them to keep that. I feel like they just tried really hard to to make it something it's not. And I, I'm really not happy with it to this point. And like the characters are okay too. Like the characters don't live up to that 70s show standard at all. Like they just don't. Like when you got a guy like Feds and like, you know, Donna and Eric are like, sleeping in Donna's bed and, and Fez just like walks out of the closet. It's just this fucking creepy, perverted, don't know where he's from immigrant. Like that that's just such a, a character to have. And it's such a weird uh like almost like one person can play this character right. Like you can't change that up. Like you know how there's been multiple jokers and they've done like Heath Ledger and Joaquin Phoenix and I think was Jake Nicholson a, a Joker? Or was he? I think Jack Nicholson was too. Like, you, you can change that up and have it work. But, like, with Fez, you can't. He's just this weird, perverted little fucking thing. I don't even know what to call him. And they tried to replace him in that 90s show with Ozzy, who's this little gay kid. Gay, like, the Chinese or Asian kid. I don't want to fucking say what he is, but he's of some descent of the Asian culture, I'll say. Uh, and he, he's just not, he's like a little wisecracking gay kid. And like, he just doesn't live up to the Fez standards at all. And like, the, the chick that's supposed to be Jackie Burkhart does not live up to the standards. Uh, Eric Foreman's daughter, who's supposed to take on Eric's role, does not live up to those standards. Like, I just don't, I don't like it. It just doesn't work for me. And now I, I have to watch it because I'm a couple episodes in and I'm not going to fucking quit now. I didn't raise a quitter over here. I got to finish this out. But, you know, that 70s show was so much better. And if you've watched that 70s show, just keep it there. Watch the first two episodes of that 90s show. That's all you need. It catches you up with everything that happened at the end of the show. And then the weird thing is, because the way that that 70s show ends um, is basically it's it's New Year's Eve in 1979 and it's it's fucking great because they're like oh the ball's about to drop they run upstairs they're smoking downstairs they run up and they go five four three two and as they're about to say one it just goes boom and it just shows like the license plate end credit scene it just says that 70s show and i'm like oh that's fucking that's perfect i love how they did it but there's a bunch of unanswered questions like fez ends up dating jackie and that's, you know, Mila Kunis and whoever the fuck plays Fez. It's not Ashton Kutcher. But then in that 90s show, Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis are dating again. And you're like, what's going on? But if you need to catch up on the last couple things that happened, watch the first two episodes and, and put it down. That 90s show's not worth it. And I've seen shows that have, like, that have sequels after and they try to do a spinoff. And it just doesn't work. And this one just, ugh. Didn't fucking work for me. I didn't like it. I still don't like it. And uh, yeah, and now I'm stuck watching it. 
So yeah, I'm 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 sitting here dealing with it at this point. I really wish they'd make another spin-off of um what is that? Not Breaking Bad. Uh Ozark. Cuz Ozark was great. Ozark changed the way I looked at TV, and I'm like a movie nerd. Like I like looking at the little things in movies. And Ozark did it perfect. Every little minuscule detail, just fucking perfect. I loved every minute of it. And I want another, I want another uh, show of it. But no, I think it's pretty. It, it seems like it's solidified on how it ended. But the way that it ended, it almost seems like the kids could take over. But watch that one. I don't want to. I don't want to ruin that for you because it's so good. Oh, uh, and then actually, I just watched The Wolf of Wall Street too, which was awesome i've never gotten to see it it's finally on netflix if you've never seen it uh i think it's my favorite scorsese film scorsese however the fuck you pronounce it uh i think it's my favorite film by him ever to this point uh it's really unmatched it's the whole thing um i guess is is very accurate in its depiction of what actually happened to jordan belford and it's fucking dope uh but leo's great Leonardo DiCaprio and everything he's in. I've never seen Titanic. Kill me. I don't give a fuck. I don't want to see that shit. I don't care about it. I heard he's great in that. Uh, seen him in Django. Great movie. Seen him in Wolf of Wall Street. Great movie. Like uh, Leo in, in, in Revenant. Just fighting a fucking bear. He took on that like. Hardened. Wintered. Big beard character. He just he took that on well. I fucking love Leo. I could watch Leonardo DiCaprio movies all day. And Wolf of Wall Street was cream of the crop for me. Love that shit. And then and then when I'm not watching movies or TV, I just found on fucking Tiki Tok frog wrestling. If you if you are fucked up with a bunch of your buddies and you've got nothing better to do and there's no sports game on, there's nothing there's nothing happening, nothing exciting, no good conversational points, just turn on some fucking frog wrestling. Okay, these these big ass bullfrogs, when they're mating, they will like attack each other to like show their worth to the female. And they just fucking like the one frog will walk up to the other one, just bite its fucking side and just like launch it in the fucking air. Like, uh, I don't even know how to explain it. Like John Cena doing an attitude adjustment on somebody, just pick them up and boom and just fucking body this little fucking frog. I have been watching frog wrestling for uh, a pretty consistent couple days, like probably three days. I, I just go on TikTok and look it up, and it's honestly the coolest fucking thing. Like you remember being a kid and seeing like uh, like tiger versus bear, who's gonna win? And you watch those, you're like fuck yeah, animals fighting. This is badass, dude. Little animal fights are just as good. Like a bird fight, like working outside and doing fencing for a, a year and a half. Uh, year long, all year, I've seen some fucking good bird fights. Like I have seen birds fighting mid air. I have seen birds fucking mid air. I have seen birds uh, fighting over nests and spots and trees. It's fucking intense, people. If you need a good, like I see why people bird watch because that's a little bit more intense than you'd make it out. You'd, you'd think you'd see some like Ned Flanders type of guy with like a, a fucking khaki vest on and and cargo shorts with like a bucket hat and like a book and some binoculars just looking at some fucking birds like oh that's a it's a northern sparrow you know just like some weird shit really dumb kind of boring i get it 
bird fighting's awesome. And another thing that just like street fights in, in the middle of the street that stop traffic, those need to be pay-per-viewed. Like we need to get some birds of prey fighting each other in a fucking cage. Like that's a different type of cockfight right there. Fuck chickens. Let's get some fucking like vultures just going at it over a fucking nest. Just being just fucking beating each other up, screeching, uh, fucking talons everywhere. Like I love animal fights. And I like watching animals do crazy shit too. Like uh like hippos. Hippos are fucking maniacs. Hippos are uh elephants on uh PCP. Like they just got big ass teeth and they're gonna fuck anything up that gets in their way. They'll bite through a goddamn boat. They'll chase boats. They're fast underwater. They're little fucking tanks of just muscle and 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 intrusive thoughts. I love watching hippos fuck shit up. And I, I will never go to Africa. I don't know. That's, that's white people shit that I, I can't even, like, I'm, I'm white as fuck. I can't step into that realm of white people shit. Like, I will never go to Africa. Uh, I'm not going to Mexico. Too many motherfuckers get robbed there. You get off the plane, they tell you to get a fake wallet so you can give that to them. Like, I'm not doing that. Like, I don't fuck around with that kind of stuff. Like, going, like, cave diving where you go into underwater caves and shit. Like, I'm not doing, I've seen Cowboy Cerrone talk about it on Joe Rogan. I'm not fucking doing that. Like, there's a certain level of white that I'm not even willing to step into. Uh, I just, there's a lot of things that, that white people do that I just can't fucking get behind. I really can't. Like, I, I don't understand why white people back in the medieval times would get on horses and just run at each other with sticks and just joust each other. Why, who came up with that? Who thought that was a good idea? Oh, it was a king taking two town idiots and putting them on a fucking horse so they can earn some respect and just run at each other full speed and spear each other with a fucking fake sword. Like, who who thinks of that? Who does that? If you've ever heard of cheese rolling, that's white people shit. That's Scottish white people shit. Can't fuck with them Scots, man. They're, they're a bunch of maniacs. But cheese rolling, they get this really steep hill. I want to say it's in Scotland. It's somewhere over the pond. Uh, and, and they take a wheel of cheese and they line a fuck ton of people up at the top of this, like, like almost 90 degree hill. Like it's probably like a good 75 degree hill, like just straight down. And they take this wheel of cheese and basically as the cheese starts rolling down the hill, you're supposed to try and chase it and, and grab it. I don't even know what the prize is because nobody ever fucking wins. It's awesome. They throw this wheel of cheese down and these people start sprinting down this hill as fast as they can to grab this cheese that's going like 40 miles an hour and they're not going to catch it, but they're just going to give it their best honest shot. And they fucking sprint down this hill and eventually lose their footing, start rolling down the hill, boom, 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 hitting their neck, their back, breaking bones. They got like six or seven ambulances on site before they even begin the first race. And they got to triple them up at the end of all that. They do like several rounds of these races. And dude, it's just people like if you've seen ridiculousness and you've seen the scorpion section where they're like their toes touch their fucking head while they're backspending like that happens all the time. They're just fucking it's like these people need to be put into therapy. Because I think they actually have something else going on upstairs that they don't want to talk about. Uh, but they are getting as close to killing themselves as they can to chase a block of cheese that nobody's... I don't think anybody's ever grabbed it. I've never seen anybody grab it. And I watch every single one of them. And when I had a really bad day and I just want to like 
just yell and scream into a pillow. Uh, I, I just turn on some cheese rolling and I get stoned and I watch that and I laugh my little ass off. And you need to watch some fucking cheese rolling. Next time we get a guest on here, we'll watch some cheese rolling and uh, just have a good chuckle. Because my God, I just, there's just so much shit that white people do that I can't. Like as a white person, I should, you know, step into that realm just a little bit. I can't, I can't tell myself to do stupid stuff like that. Like I'll, I'll jump off of a bridge into some water, you know, I'll jump off a waterfall, I'll do that. I'm not going to skydiving. I, I told myself I would for the longest time. Fuck that. Fuck that, dude. I saw one guy I know skydive once. He was like, I'm going skydiving. Uh, come check it out. Maybe you can even go if you, if you decide to. I'm like, word. So we're there and he was skydiving with his brother. And there's also this person that was there that was getting their skydiving certification. And when you do that, you have to jump like 25, 50 times, but you have to jump from different areas. Like you'll jump from like 3000 feet. So you got to pull your chute really early. You'll jump from 30,000 feet where, you know, you pull your chute in the middle, you know, and you got some time. So you got to jump from all these different angles. And this guy went up first and two planes took off. The one plane took off like five minutes before the two guys I knew who were skydiving, you know, went on their plane. And this, this plane's at like 3,000 feet, and it's a guy going for a certification. He jumps out. I'm like, that's skydiving? Like, that's how high you go? Like, that's not bad at all. I'll do that right now. And they're like, no, no, no. You got to wait. You'll see them pull up right above the uh, the landing site pretty soon. Uh, they're going to be a lot higher. They were like a fucking speck in the air. They were like a molecule worth of matter in the air. Fuck that. I will never skydive. If I can like depict what's below me and see what's going on down here, you know, I can see where the fucking barn is and I'm going to land at. Okay, I'll do that. Not doing that 30,000 bullshit. Fuck that. I always told myself I would. I thought it'd be this big. Oh, I'm going to skydive. i this tough guy. Fuck that. I will never white people shit. Not going to do it. Nothing that I would even dip my fucking toe into a kiddie pool for. Fuck that. Gotta stay away from these dumb fucking honkies, dude. Dumb honkies. They're a bunch of idiots. I can't stand white people like that. I will never, never, ever, 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 ever do that shit. Fuck it. I refuse. I absolutely refuse. I'm about fucking done with this, man. I got a headache. I woke up with a headache. Like, you ever just wake up with a headache and you're just like, well, this is the worst day ever and I'm not even on two feet yet. And I, but I got this done. I fucking powered through it. God damn it. You power through. You get your shit done no matter what the fuck it is. And you got to do it. Get it done. That's my motivational speech. They don't know you, son. I'll be Goggins. I wish I could be like David. I, I wish I could look as cool as David Goggins does when he runs. It's the only reason I don't run. I feel like whenever I run on a treadmill, jog outside, I just look like a fucking idiot. Look like a little T-Rex with these nubby arms. I can't fucking do that. Uh, but, you know, we got this done, though. I hope you're well. And if uh, if you've checked out all the episodes uh, to this point, thank you very much. If you made it here, uh, thank you. Um, and, and follow the Instagram. Follow the old New York underscore, okay? This Instagram, we got some clips coming out. 
make a couple out of this episode. I got one coming out from last episode. It's supposed to be out earlier, but I'm a lazy fuck. Uh, and we'll get those clips out. Have a couple more episodes coming. Got some guests coming on uh, that, that will be here next week. And, and like I say, every episode, got a small business, got a side gig. You fucking, I don't know, you walk dogs on the weekend. Your son's got a lemonade stand. Hit me up. I'll, I'll fucking promote it. You got a garage sale coming up. I don't care. Uh, as long as you're in the Buffalo area, hit me up. Super simple. Hit up the old New York underscore on Instagram. Hit up the TikTok, the ticky, ticky, ticky talk. Okay. We got a bunch of clips out there. And if you got anything you need to promote, make a fucking TikTok. Like my TikTok is not like, there's not an immense amount of likes on the videos, but I'll get like 500, 700 views. in like the first half hour, I post a TikTok. If you use the right you know, hashtags and shit, like, there's a, it's really marketable, TikTok, uh, and I'm, I'm happy I'm taking advantage of it, uh, but have a good rest of your weekend, it's Saturday, enjoy your Saturday, it's, it's looking like a decent day outside, it doesn't even look breezy today, get outside, go take a walk, take your dog out, do something fun, and always go Bills, go Bills, Bills by a billion, big game Sunday, okay, be ready, be prepared, be there, be square, Thanks for checking in. Like always, we'll see you guys next week. Stop.